welcome to this new episode of the podcast and today we are with Alex Kington. Alex is the head of global marketing and communications at TAG and TAG is um, a leading global travel and event management company. Um, with Alex we talked about the travel industry and uh, more specifically you know how the travel industry is uh, adapting to COVID and uh, you know the global crisis. Um, so we talked about crisis management, obviously, and uh, leadership during the crisis. Uh, but we also talked about um, how to stay hands-on and operational uh, when you're a, when you're a leader and when you're leading a team. So, yeah, it was a, it was a great chat with Alex, and uh, I hope you'll you'll like it too. Welcome, Alex. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to join me today. Thank you very much for inviting me. Um, so today I um, have the, the pleasure of, uh, of having Alex Kington, who is the head of global marketing and communications uh, at TAG. Um, so before we, we start, maybe you could tell us a bit more about that and about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So at TAG, we are travel specialists. So we work across a range of divisions um, from touring, so organizing world tours for some of the biggest artists in the world, um, through to corporate travel, so for businesses um, and individuals. We do events, we do film and media production travel as well, um, and then private travel. So when you've done your world tour or produced your TV film, then you need a break. We're the guys for that as well. Um, so obviously being pretty hard hit by 2020 it's it's not been our best year um but we've got some fantastic clients and having a global reach as well means that areas such as australia who've not had quite the same impact as perhaps the uk and the us um have managed to kind of keep us going a bit so we're just all massively looking forward to the return of live music live events um, and some good old business travel to get everybody going again. So you, you mean in Australia there hasn't been that much uh, impact? Uh, is, is that right? Like uh... they've, they've been fantastic in Australia. So they've basically isolated the country. So there's been a lot of impact in terms of international, um, but within their own individual territories, there's still been travel. So the borders between states have been closed until very recently. Um, but there has still been travel within the region. So there's been a lot of film and production travel still gone on, um, which we've been heavily involved with. Um, and then kind of, you know, statewide travel, because obviously you know, talk about a state and that's the same as well, it's bigger than the, the whole of the UK, you know? So they've, they've been fantastic. And the government over there have done really well in terms of the financial support that they've been offering both workers and businesses um, so yeah Australia from our perspective um, our business perspective has remained largely untouched which has been wonderful for us from you know the holistic business view when the UK has been so hard hit um, and the US has obviously been pretty hard hit as well yeah I mean I can I, I actually I, I can imagine how, how difficult it must have been for for you guys I've I've talked recently to the head of marketing of a um, of a company that basically manages uh, bars, nightclubs, restaurants, uh, a lot of them in London. Uh, it was very interesting to to talk about uh, about all this with uh, uh, with my guest. But it, it's uh, 
yeah, I'm just wondering how how did you guys cope with this? Like, how did that uh, all the events unfold uh, uh, at Tag? Well, I mean, obviously, as things started unfolding back in January, we were noticing that a lot of the business travel that we do in the UK is to Shanghai. We do a lot um, to that Southeast Asia. A lot of that started falling off when all the the kind of coronavirus um, news was coming out of China. Um, but you know, back then we were all way too arrogant and assumed that it's never going to come over this way. And then it kept creeping further and further and further west. And then when Italy had a massive outbreak, we were like, oh gosh, you know, well, it, it's, it's, in, it's in Europe, it ain't going to cross the channel, it's fine, we'll be okay. Um, but we've, we've, we've done what we've needed to do. We've used the government support where it's been available for furlough within the UK um, and the government support in the other um, two main regions. And we've simply had to go into hibernation. Um, so it's striking that balance of maintaining the key staff that we need to maintain for when travel switch back on. So we're there for our clients as and when they want to go, we're there to be able to service them and service them at the same levels that they're used to, but also minimizing costs to the business to ensure for the future. Um, so from a marketing perspective, that's been a real challenge because you've got, I mean, already you've got three different regions and these three regions are all tackling this pandemic incredibly differently. Um, and then within that, you've got all the segments of different travelers and where they're personally at. And that has been one of my kind of main learnings from this is that the previous kind of generalities that you put on um, people and the stereotypes and the assumptions that you could make probably shouldn't make but we did all make them they just don't apply right now because suddenly everyone is so much more divided and it's it is so personal now some people cannot wait to get on that business trip absolutely you know the bag's packed and ready at the door for that that phone call and then we'll be out of here then you've got other people who are massively hesitant you know they they either have underlying health issues themselves or dependents with health issues or life has changed to the extent where the previous flexibility that they had simply isn't there anymore um so there's these massive chasms that have opened up um that is making communications really difficult um and kind of knowing what to say to the, what person when because you don't want to offend anybody and everyone's in such a different headspace with it you know you don't want to be the one saying yay let's go and travel if that person has an underlying health condition or potentially has lost somebody quite recently there's or is, has been made redundant and can't financially take that that trip there's lots and lots of, of nuances at the minute so it's kind of working out that correct tone ensuring that we are informative but respectful caring understanding empathetic but still getting our message across and still trying to instill that confidence for people to go out there and, and get back out into the world um so yeah it's been it's been quite a challenge from my perspective and i know you know everyone else in the business has had huge challenges as well you know i'm by no means the only one um, but yeah it's been a complete complete turnaround and change of my job and the messaging and the way that i would tend to go about things yeah i i i, I can only imagine and uh 
what would you say had kind of worked best in all your experiments and, and uh, kind of turning around your message, shifting the, uh, your communication strategy? Uh, what have you tried that actually worked and you felt like you were actually supporting your clients and, uh, uh, and actually worked in, in, in the communication? I mean, uh, you know, delivering uh, uh, the message you wanted to deliver. I think, I think going to not necessarily delivering the message we want to deliver, but delivering the message that they want to hear. And I know that should be marketing 101, but all too often it's not. And all too often we are guilty of telling people what we want them to hear. You know, we have a new product, we have a new website, we have this amazing thing, we won this award. Great, but what is the impact for the client, for the end user? And I think that has been, you know, something that I've, been aware of and i know that i've needed to do um but if we're all honest we don't always do all of that all of the time um but i think now what has been successful is really providing people with what they need to know when they need to know it there hasn't been any opportunity for us to kind of bombard with the usual marketing messages that that you know businesses can be guilty of but we've had to deliver critical information and that has been well received. Um, you know, lots, there's so much changing with travel. You know, every week a new country's added onto the quarantine list, taken off the quarantine list. There's the test to, to release, um, which has just come out, which shortens your quarantine times, all this kind of stuff, you know, restrictions coming in and out, everything. Um, and those kind of emails, even though they have been far more frequent than I would ever send them, um, they haven't, they've been ad hoc when it's happened so sometimes we would have up to three emails a day you know that that is not the dumb thing in email communications however these are important valid messages and we found that even though we have been sending out increased emails at increased frequency that the unsubscribe rate hasn't differed it has increased so it really kind of the, the analytics and stats show to us that actually this is adding value to the people that are receiving it. Did, did you maintain any acquisition activity during the crisis? I mean, maybe it's a, it's a stupid question, but uh, I mean, was that a topic you were talking about in your department? Yeah, yeah. I mean, acquisition has still been a key area for us because you know, there is the, the belief and the hope that we will return to maybe not the levels of travel that we've seen previously, you know, 2019 levels of travel, but there is a need and there is always going to be a need and it will get switched back on. Um, so, yes, we have still been doing acquisitions. We've had, we've been quite busy actually with um, tenders and proposals, um, which I've been heavily involved in. So, yeah, we have still been going out there and, and trying to acquire new business. Um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely. I mean, retention has obviously been a massive part in ensuring the clients we have remain with us and remain confident in our service. Um, but yes, we've been looking and kind of without using the, the pivoting term, which everybody seems to be using, um, you know, we have been looking at which areas of our business we need to focus more heavily on. And, you know, traditionally touring has been our biggest um, revenue generator and our biggest division, um, but touring isn't possible right now. So a lot of our time and effort and resources being put into areas that are possible, such as 
private travel, you know, leisure travel and corporate travel um, and events as well, but looking at events through a virtual lens rather than the physical lens. So we've really had to kind of do a, a whole mindset shift of which is the most important division and where resource sits um, to, yeah, really kind of enable us to acquire the right people and acquire, you know, business that we can, that is going to come in and that we can serve. That's great. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it's always a bad idea to uh, reduce the acquisition activities because you're working for the next couple of months and hopefully you're working for, you know, the end of the pandemic. So, um, and, but, you know, I, I imagine that you, you adapted the, the you know, the, the, the channels, the tactics you were using and uh, um, to the situation. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, much more personalized and much more kind of one-on-one, -on -one, you know, our sales team, our account management team really heavily involved. So it's, it's, you know, usually the lead generation funnel would have lots of prospecting going on, lots of trade shows, networking events, you know, this kind of thing. Obviously none of that is happening. Uh, within Torrent, it's a lot of relationships, word of mouth, awards ceremonies, things like that. That's not been happening. Um, so it has been very kind of personal one-on-one -on -one, you know tapping into virtual networks um but i think you know our our reputation um the maintenance of our brand through social media and through our thought leadership pieces that has kept us up there and has allowed us to continue to acquire or you know at least go out for these opportunities when they've arisen how, how did you maintain the uh, because obviously uh one of the fun part of marketing is that acquisition part is going out there, testing new, new, uh, new approaches, getting new customers in. Uh, but in this period, like, how did you maintain um, your motivation personally as a, uh, as a, as a leader, your team's motivation? Like, how did you kind of build that resilience during this period where everything kind of seemed to get worse and worse by, by the day? Yeah, that, that has been hard. Um, and I think resilience is a great word um, for that. Um, yeah, you're right, you know, the, the fun stuff, the experimental stuff, um, you know, having budgets to do things. Um, but I think for me, what has motivated me is that I've had to do things a different way. Um, and I think, you know, trying to still get the results with limited resource and limited budget, but seeing that I can still achieve something, um, you know, and almost that challenge to myself of, right, I've not got what I used to have. What can I do? You know, what can I make out of what I've got? And can I make it good enough? Um, that, that has kind of been motivation in itself. But yes, there's had to be a massive, massive element of, of resilience. Um, you know, I'm, I joined with a very strategic role um, and that was the role that I've been doing for a number of years, very kind of, you know, top level strategic overview of marketing and I'm now very hands-on. Um, so that's a complete about turn for me, but it's taught me a lot. Um, I think I'd almost become a bit too far removed from that hands-on to understand and appreciate some of the skill and the time that goes into it. Um, so, you know, I've been doing the social media accounts and going back to writing the social media for your brand, it made me realize, gosh, yeah, this, this is more time consuming than just, you know, 
putting a, fit, a post on Facebook for myself or, you know, doing an Instagram story for myself. And you forget, you forget what, you know, the other members of your team, people whose job it is to do that, you know, entry level, who are doing, um, you know, some of the more time consuming, you know, cleansing mailing lists or setting up email mergers. Um, you forget. And I think that has been something, it's not always been pleasant, but I think ultimately it's been rewarding and it's probably enhanced my abilities as a manager um, and my understanding of marketing. It's just given me a bit of a, a refresher of what it was like, you know, 10 years ago when I was doing that, that kind of work. So you think you'll be, um, you think you'll be more like, um, uh, receptive to the, the, you know, the, the operational issues. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I think I will. So instead of, I mean, not that I was ever particularly like this anyway of, you know, why, why have you not done this? Why have you not done that? I think it's an understanding that actually, you know, to do something properly, it does take a little bit longer, you know, social media to keep thinking of the new ideas all the time. It's really hard. And until you have to do it, you think, oh, there's loads going on. To tweet something, there's loads going on. But then when you've got to do it yourself, it's like, oh, is that right? I've got to research that for a few sources, make sure that it's the correct information. It's so much more time consuming and so much harder um, than I think you sometimes remember it being. You get roast into glasses, don't you, for things that are in the past. Of, oh, yeah, no, I used to love it when I did that. You know, it's that easy. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> I think that'll give me greater empathy moving forward. Um, how did you support your team in, uh, with their own motivation, their own challenges going through this period? Like what kind of uh, you know, structure did you set up? What kind of uh, support did you give them? Well, a number of my team went on furlough. Um, so I mean, that in itself is difficult. Um, I think the initial reaction was, oh, great, you know, we get a couple of weks off, and then a couple of weeks turned into a couple of months, and then turned into a few more months. Um, so I, I was kind of very aware very early on that I needed to maintain contact, um, maintain some semblance of team and that unity and that team spirit. Um, so we did, you know, the, the cliched Zoom team calls um lots of whatsapp messaging and memes and you know good funny gifts just to try and keep that sense of community i mean the the team had been spread out between manchester london and los angeles anyway so we weren't always together in the same room um which meant that we were a little bit more adept at not seeing each other face to face every day um so yeah we had to do lots of those kind of things and then lots of you know, individual kind of talking with the team. Um, I really kept an eye out on um, courses, free courses, free webinars, any, you know, virtual networking, podcast recommendations, um, and pinging those over to the guys. Um, you know, just not that you have to do these, but, you know, if you've got a bit of time and you, you want to do these, um, I was very conscious that my team, you know, were vast majority of them not married not got any kids not got any codependents they literally just had hours of time ahead of them um which as a mum of two 
sounds wonderful, <laughs> but actually, I, you know, I, I do understand that after a couple of weeks that wears thin. Um, so that was really important. And then, you know, we've we've unfurled um, some team members now, and I think trying to keep them motivated and, and understanding their importance to the business. Um, and that's something that I've tried to do throughout um, is explain their importance, their, how they fit into the bigger picture um, and just constant kind of thanks and praise, which is absolutely genuine because, you know, some of the stuff that my team are doing, it, it's things that I can't do. Um, and I'm grateful just to have someone to bounce things off and some people to help support. Um, but they need to know that. And it can often be hard when people are remote. They don't always get that sense of gratitude. Um, but yeah, that I've been really trying to do that. And I'm hoping they seem motivated. So I'm, I'm hoping that that's kind of doing the trick. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, been, a, it's been a tough uh, a tough period for sure. And it's, uh, yeah, it's not easy to maintain that, uh, that sense of caring um, during the period, but also because you're doing it virtually and it's, um, it's not the same. I mean, it's, uh, so yeah, I, I can only imagine how, how difficult it, it must have been. Um, do, do you think, um, you know, the uh, talking about, um, you talked about learning, you talked about having, you know, they, they had time to maybe do you know, other things kind of, uh, do you have a, a, a structure something to recommend? So, uh, you know, people who have, maybe uh, more you know junior people on their team uh, where did you send them what kind of resources did you give them uh, what kind of courses did you uh, you know recommend them yeah so um, the CIM the Chartered Institute of Marketing was running a few free courses um, and a few individual universities have been running free courses I don't know whether or not they're still going now but it's definitely worth having a look on the CIM um, website to see what else is going on there um, and then, I mean, YouTube, it's just, there's such a wealth of resources on there. And I know one of my team was quite keen um, to learn a little bit more about video editing. Um, so, you know, together we kind of sat down and looked at what exactly was it, you know, video editing is quite wide. What was it that you were wanting to learn? Which features, which software, you know, what did you want to do? And we kind of drilled down into that and then together sat down, had a look, get tapping into your networks. Um, so, you know, I tapped into, there's um, a great network called the Marketing Meetup. Um, tapped into that network, see if there was anything that anybody could recommend that they'd either use personally or for their teams. Um, and just really looked at the individuals and what they could do and what they would want to do. Um, but, you know, there isn't, I think there's sometimes a, a concern when you say about learning that it's going to cost and you're going to have to go on these professional um, courses, you know, and it's going to be two, three, four thousand pounds and, you know, hours of your time. But there's fantastic tutorials out there that can just give you those little bits of help and advice for you know next to nothing or for free um and like i say a lot of the the open university and the cim um did do a, a few good really good free courses um so it's, yeah it's worth checking those out and seeing whether or not they're still available do, do you take uh do you take courses yourself are you how do you learn like or do you have a an approach is it something that you do kind of on the fly when you have something new uh, do you read some some specific uh, publications yeah, I mean, I would love 
to dedicate a little bit more time to my own professional development and learning. Um, but I think it's one of those things of whilst a lot of people have had a lot more time in lockdown, you know, everybody has, <laughs> and I, my time seems to have been sapped. Um, I feel like I have less time for me than I've ever had, um, especially when you've got two little ones that are demanding a lot of your attention. Um, so I think the learning that I do tends to be on the fly. So, you know, I've had to, I am, I'm not a designer by any stretch, um, yet I've been thrown into the deep end with that and been given a designer hat to wear. Um, so I've been looking at Canva, which for a non-designer like myself has been fantastic. Um, but I've needed to learn, you know, I've needed to learn kind of how, how firstly just how does the tool work I mean it is wonderful and so intuitive that it's not too difficult um but I've been having to play at doing videos on there and then overlaying music and how you match the two together um you know and but there's been a lot there's been a lot of googling um a lot of googling you know I've been doing web pages and I haven't particularly had much experience on the content management system so lots of lots of forums and I think for me that's how I've been learning. So it's been on the fly, but it's been tapping into my network. Um, so, you know, Facebook groups that I'm a part of, um, I'm part of a women in business group and I'm part of this marketing meetup group, tapping into the team members there of, you know, either is there anything I can watch and learn about this or can you have five minutes and have a chat? Um, for a website project I've been working on, again, wouldn't usually be the one that was rolling up my sleeves with it, but I am at the minute. Um, spoke to three or wonderful people who just gave me their time and talked me through best practices for user experience, best practices for copy, how to, what the, you know, the latest design for a web page should look like. Amazing stuff that I'm learning um, because of other people's kindness and generosity. But yeah, I would, I would like to do more formal learning, but at the minute it's tapping into other people's knowledge <laughs> and absorbing that for myself. Yeah, that's the best way to to learn. And actually, uh, it's uh, when it's possible, it's the, really the best way to to learn it. And I want to talk about learning the learning design because it's uh, something that a lot of marketers are interested in. And uh, even myself, I uh, I wanted to uh, to learn uh, you know that topic a little bit more. Uh, what what were the challenges? Was it like more tool based? Like you didn't find the tool, and with Canva, it kind of gave you a a more simple intuitive tool was it more like learning the theory of design like how uh what what is something uh, you know beautiful how you should structure uh, the composition uh, colors uh, etc like how what did you find difficult learning design i think it's definitely that composition um you know one of my team members who who is our designer um she said to me before the hardest thing about it is taking a blank page and making something and that that is that's the skill that I just simply don't possess. Um, and I'm the more that I do it, the more I believe that it's some divine <laughs> intuitive skill that I will never possess. Um, which is why a tool like Canva, which essentially somebody else has done a beautiful design, and I can just simply go in and change the hex codes to match with my brand guidelines and change the font to match with my brand guidelines that's kind of the level that that i'm at um but there are but even within that you know there are things of where does the alignment quite sit and you know how, what what makes something look finished um 
And I think I, I feel that that is beyond my capabilities and will remain out of reach for me. It is not something I excel at. Um, but, you know, tools like Canva have made it that I can just about scrape through without looking too dodgy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can. I kind of feel the same because I, uh, I, I heavily rely on on my wife, who is also my co-founder, for all the design stuff because I, I just don't have the eye for it. I, uh, you know, I, I, I know I, I can use Canva, I can use Figma, mm -hmm. uh, even like Photoshop stuff like that. But at the end of the day, uh, making something beautiful and composing the, you know, the right structure, the right colors, uh, mm -hmm. the right typography, all that is. I feel like I don't have it. I don't know. It's uh, or maybe I just, you know, I need to learn it in a special way. I I don't know how yet, but uh, yeah. I think I should it's invite a, a few. A, yeah, it's it's such a skill set. It, it it is, and I think you know, just in the same way that some people have got you know a penchant for numbers, which again is something I don't particularly possess, or you know DIY. It's it's just something that my my brain give me words. I can make words beautiful. But pictures and colors, mm, no, I, I don't have that, that creative vision. I know what I would need, and I know the reason and the objectives of what I need, but I, I can't get that out of here and down onto a piece of paper and that, yeah, I've got so much respect for people that can do that, especially, I've had so much respect prior, but now I've been doing it myself, yeah, eyes open wide of, the true skill set that it takes to design something of you know high quality mm, yeah it's uh, it's very difficult and um, but you know the good thing about being a marketer is that you can always outsource to people who do it better than you so yeah absolutely i am always up for that you know pay somebody who can do it better than i can that is yeah yeah my main motto <laughs> um, so you know the uh, uh, I know you have you've had experience before in the uh, in the business travel and uh, uh, what would you you know recommend people who want to get into the industry and especially on the marketing side of it uh, you know what what advice could you give them? I mean, there's there's massive um, drives at the minute to encourage people into travel um, and especially into business travel. Um, it does seem to be quite an, not not an aging industry, but there's there is yeah we need we need fresh talent coming in and it seems to be as well that it's quite um it's a wonderful community many outsiders come in you know lots of people have worked for lots of different they work for airlines and hotels and travel management companies you know um i'm quite unique in that that respect that i joined the industry just over three years ago um coming from professional services background um, and I think somebody, anybody who's wanting to get into it, you know, it's, it's about just creativity um, and understanding. I mean, for me personally, as a, a hiring manager, sector doesn't interest me. I wouldn't hire somebody for, you know, a, a job in my team just because they'd worked in travel. It, it doesn't matter. And almost, not quite, but almost it would go against you because I would like freshness and I do believe that taking people from other industries brings different perspectives um you know what I what I would never want from a marketer is oh well this is the way that we market this you know this is professional services this is how we do it 
this is travel this is how we do it no 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 we don't we we look at what the audience wants what the brand is and we do it however works best you know just because it isn't traditionally b2b activity doesn't mean that we can't do it um, so I much prefer getting those ideas and opinions and, and experiences um, from other sectors. So I don't think there's any particular way to get into travel. Um, you know, if you are out there, connect. I think if you're desperately wanting to do that and get into the travel industry, build your network, you know, connect with people who are, who are working in that industry. And that applies for any industry, really. Do your research, find out if it is all that it's cracked out to be. Because, you know, it's not, yes, we work in trouble, but that doesn't mean that I get flown off to the Bahamas every couple of weeks. So, you know, it's, it's not, it isn't that. Um, so that you understand the sector that you want to get into, network with individuals who are working within that sector. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's any magic formula or solution to, to starting in, in trouble. I actually discovered this industry with, uh, with my previous uh, boss who actually the, the, I used to work in a startup where all the founding team came from a travel company called the CWT. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, it, was, uh, it was interesting. Like they told me a lot of things about this industry and how, how big it was actually and how, uh, mm -hmm. how I think that I remember they told me like Apple used to spend, it's still, I mean, I'm, I'm saying used to because I think with COVID it's probably less than that, but a uh, hundred million per year on travel for the employees. Like it's a crazy, like huge industry that you don't necessarily hear about it, especially when you're a junior or like getting out of, of school or, uh, so how did you get into this industry anyways? Like, was it kind of a random thing or did you have contacts or how did it work? No, it was, it was completely random. Um, so I've been aware that these kind of companies existed. Um, you know, I used to work for um, PwC and they had a travel management company. So I was aware that, you know, this was a thing. Um, and no, it was, it was just a completely random sour job advertisement. Thought, yeah, this sounds good. You know, it's travel, but it's B2B, which is my background. Um, let's, let's apply and, and give it a go. Um, so yeah, there wasn't really any kind of special in with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah, it's uh, I mean, uh, yeah, it's something that is not. Uh, it's it's very B two B, so people don't really uh, hear about it. But uh, yeah, uh, but it's, yeah. I mean, it's a fantastic industry. I've worked, as I say, I've worked in you know several sectors and, and different industries, and this the sense of community is outstanding. It really is, you know. Everybody, everybody knows everybody. Um, and obviously there's competition because, you know, we're all out there for the, after the same business. Um, but that sense of kind of family and community that surrounds each other, you know, when, um, you know, when Thomas Cook went under um, and, you know, when airlines have, have gone into administration, the outpouring from people, you know, you you get HR managers offering to review people's CVs. I'll do interview coaching for you. You know, give me a ring. My D my DMs are always open. Talk to me. It's it's just wonderful. It really is a great supportive community. Um, and there's lots of you know trade um, organisations and professional organisations within business travel that work together to really foster a sense of community. Um, and it's something that I've not, I've just not experienced in other sectors. So it's, it, yeah, it's very special. It's a very special industry. 
So where, where do you kind of see yourself in next, you know, four or five years? Do you have a kind of an objective you want to get to? How, how do you see that? Well, after seeing that meme, in 2015, who answered, where will you be in five years' time, was completely wrong. I feel like I can't, <laughs> I can't even say where I'm going to be next week, you know. Who knows? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone can plan that, that far ahead. Um, but yeah, I mean, five years' time, or oh, genuinely, who, who knows? Um, you know, I would love to still be within travel um, and, and hopefully still, you know, with TAG. I feel that we've got a lot to do and a lot of places to go and there's there's so much ambition there at the minute um you know with for growth within especially the us um and growth in the corporate market within the uk um yeah it would just be great to be part of that journey you know and as we start to come out of hibernation and kind of rebuild and reset you know i think there's some really exciting times ahead for tag mm. Are there any marketing projects you're kind of looking forward to get back to when all this is over and uh, this pandemic thing is behind us? Yeah, I mean, what I really like to get back to is kind of, you know, a proper campaign. It's been very um, reactive, um, which is not my bag. You know, I, I like proactive. I do not like being on the back foot. I like to know exactly what's going on and when. Um, but yeah, 2020 doesn't seem to agree with me on that one. Um, so yeah, I, I really would like to get back to, you know, that proper campaign structure where, um, you know, we've got a whole host of integrated activities all aimed at a central goal and we can be getting out there and launching a campaign. We've, I have one that's kind of, it's sat dormant and I'm just just waiting um you know to get it launched but but again it's, it's that timing thing you've got to do it at the right time because of the sensitivities around at the minute you know it wouldn't have been any good and it, it would have just been insensitive um, not only would it have been a waste of time and effort but massively insensitive you know for three months ago to have been like come on everyone let's travel it, you've got to you've got to do it at the right time so yeah, I'm waiting for that moment. Um, and I do feel that, you know, with COVID and the way that everything's gone, um, you know, with travel in particular, there is a lack of confidence at the minute. Um, and that is something that I think working with a specialist like ourselves can really help. You know, you know yourself, if, if you're a bit uncertain about something, but you've got someone that's like, yeah, this is everything you need to know. You can almost that decision-making responsibility onto someone else and there's a lot of comfort in that um, and I think you know the whole thing of yeah it's fine I'll just book it myself I can do it there's so many complexities at the minute I wouldn't feel confident doing that myself but ringing somebody up who I know whose job it is to be on this you know that that I would much prefer in any walk of life really to go to somebody who knows what they're doing um, if there's any kind of you know insecurity for me go to somebody who knows what they're doing and get them to do it for you so I think in that respect you know I think TAG have really got a really strong kind of foothold for when everything turns back on yeah let's uh, let's hope so I, I I hope it will be sooner than later uh, all right let's uh, yeah. let's wrap this up I uh, really enjoyed uh, having you and uh, before we leave, can you can you tell us where uh, we can connect with you online, maybe? 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm on LinkedIn, um, Alexandra Kington. Um, I'm on Twitter, Alex E Marketing. Um, and yeah, you can kind of get me at tag. So it's alex.kington at tag-group.com. Um, always happy to have a chat with anybody who needs it. And very much, I've, I've had a lot of benefit out of people just being genuinely kind and helpful and giving me their time and advice so if i can ever pay any of that forward i am more than happy to awesome thank you alex thank you very much